0: Hello, folks. How are you? Hopefully, you're either listening to this, enjoying a sun-kissed walk, or you might have just returned from a sun-kissed walk. Or you may remember of having your skin tingle from a little bit of sunshine over the past week. Isn't it just been glorious? Ah, oh, just makes me smile from the inside out. I absolutely love it. Anyway, I hope your week's been well, and thank you for joining me for another episode of my pride and joy apart from my children, obviously, um, my little podcast, Soundtracking. Genuinely means the world to me, this show, and allows me to just enthuse about two of my passions, film and music, and have conversations with the most wonderful and insightful creatives in the world of film, music and TV, just to talk about their relationship with music. So I hope you enjoy the show, if this maybe is your first or, or second time listening, or maybe you're a regular listener. I appreciate every one of you. And it's another double header for you this week on Soundtracking with a director and one of his leading ladies joining me to discuss their spin on one of Disney's most iconic villains. Craig Gillespie and Emma Stone have quite simply created a fabulous Cruella de Vil. Effectively, it's a prequel to the original movie. Cruella also stars Emma Thompson, Mark Strong, amongst a cast of many other fine actors. And it tells the story of Estella Miller, a fashion designer making her way in 1970s punk London, who eventually becomes the titular baddie. Now, as well as featuring over 50 songs, the film is scored by our very dear friend, the hugely talented Nicholas Brutel, who complimented the deluge of needle drops with what he told us was his first rock-driven score. And it's with Nicholas's cue, Cruella, that we begin. Hi Craig,
1: how are you? I'm good. Your lighting looks so good. I'm just well, having a little lighting fiasco here.
0: <laughs> you look great.
1: Yeah, look at them. You can't see me with the glasses though.
0: <laughs> um, how are you?
1: Good. It's, uh, it's our morning here, obviously. We just had the premiere last night, so a little crusty. Um, well done. <laughs> oh, listen, I,
0: I thoroughly enjoyed the film. I thought it was absolutely fantastic.
1: Awesome love that
0: so great it's just so bold it's just the tone of it is fantastic as well but i think that you feel like you're on this journey the whole way through this film um it's it's really kind of fast paced and the music
1: (laughs) Ah. i got to watch it again last night the first time we got to watch it with an audience and it is surprisingly fast paced (laughs) yeah how was that for you it was um It's funny. It's like you live with the. We've been living with this film for two years now, and obviously Uh going through COVID. Yeah, uh, we, you know, we haven't been screening it, so we didn't do that traditional idea of like watching it with an audience. Uh, And last night was sort of the first time, and I was remarkably, surprisingly relaxed about it. But it is just a really fun ride. It's there's I think there's fifty songs in there, and I thought maybe it would get exhausting, but I enjoyed it. No.
0: you know and, and the fact that we've not been allowed to go to live music to watch live music I feel like I was at a concert watching the show watching the film as well because yeah. it's just, just but it, it doesn't feel overpowering it has this beautiful kind of energy with 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 the narrative that it runs alongside and that combined with Nicholas's you know beautiful score yeah. that
1: sort of Nicholas's score is a That was a, he, I thought he did a, an amazing job with that because that was so tricky to yeah. compete with these iconic songs mm. like, to have a score of well, it that has that kind of energy. And he came up with a rock score, which I haven't heard before.
0: What were your conversations you had with him then?
1: I'd done a similar thing on Itania, and we found when we did the score on Itania, separate from the movie, I liked the score. But when we put it in the film, it felt so slow and it really dragged the movie down. And I said, We really have to l- listen to the score in the film because when you're coming off the stones or the clash or something, it's, it's a whole like suddenly the brakes just get hit if you don't have a, a momentum to the score and, and just a depth and a gravitas to it. So he, Took that and he his tracks. Some of his tracks have a hundred and there's 132 tracks on one cue. Between the orchestra, the rock musicians, he went to Abbey Road and recorded with old amps and and guitar players, uh, you know, that had been around in that era. And just just the depth and the layering of what he did. And he came up with this amazing rock slash orchestral score.
0: Pleasure of chatting to him last week, um and I, I love that man, Steph. I just think he's he's a special and very talented individual in terms of just the variety of what he's able to do, you know. And like you That's say, the kind amazing. of depths,
1: yeah, he went that off he himself. will go to. And then it, it, he's such an intimate composer too, because we get to sit together for months, but every week and just like he, he kind of creates in front of you, which is an amazing experience. It'll be like we'll talk about the scene, and then he'll start playing piano or we'll stop playing an instrument really something like this maybe and I think maybe if we added this and then I think we need we need a rock guitar and it just keeps building it <laughs> it's amazing to watch there's
0: a, yeah there's a couple of specific cues I wanted just to to mention briefly which was where um the duchess uh meets Cruella for the first time and they're sat having a conversation and there's a really brilliant piece of cue that yeah. comes in in there it's like it's 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 great because you know you recognize it, and I think that it's it it just kind of almost like just tickles with your senses almost in a way. If that's fair to say, I
1: work with uh, you know Susan Jacobs, who's you know our music supervisor. But it's really hard for me to articulate what I'm looking for with music. It's much more of an emotional reaction as as opposed to an intellectual one, and really. Mm-hmm. And she pointed out to me at one point, she's like, she finds that people listen to music two ways. They either listen to the lyrics or they listen to the melody. And I'm definitely the melody. Sometimes they'll turn to me like, you can't have that in a Disney film. I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, listen to the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> the guy's shooting himself. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> um, but, that, and I cut on the set, like I sort of assemble as I'm shooting in real time. Mm-hmm. So as we're shooting that scene, and then I have 1400 songs, like in my Corella playlist and I'm just wow. throwing songs on it. So that the day we were shooting, I threw the doors on there and it wasn't necessarily what I was, but there's this gravitas to it and sort of the sense of doom <laughs> with that melody. It just makes you kind of like shudder in your boots and it's like, you know, you got Emily hiding in, in the back of Liberty's there and it just felt right like for her entrance and it never changed.
0: I love that shot as well where you kind of you uh where we follow you know liberties is such an iconic building. i i it's one of my favorite places know, to go but I love, man, that,
1: yeah, kind of I love that yeah i love that interior of that set that's an that's a build you know, wow. because you know it just wasn't feasible to turn liberties yeah. back to a 1970s liberties overnight
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah i love that shot though it's like it's like that it's it's, it's almost like your version of the the Goodfellas shot, you know, where they go in the club, sort of thing. It's, yeah, it's kind keep, of your you take on that. Is it?
1: It. You keep expecting yeah. you're going to be somewhere, and <laughs> not till the very end. <laughs>
0: yeah, with um, with all the music that's in it, though, because there's some really uh, like things like the Tina Turner version of of Whole Lot of Love. You know, it's kind of it's the it's the non. You know, sometimes not the the obvious version of songs as well, and I love that because again, it brings another feeling yeah, to I it. I loved it, it you and know. And obviously, that.
1: having Tina Turner sing that song was great. But the funny thing with that song, and again, I, it's like because I have so much music in my work, I'm constantly mm. people coming up like on the set, and they're like, "Hey, I got an idea for a song." Because I'm also phone <laughs> cuts to the crew on the set, you know, with music on yeah. it, and and I'm kind of always like trying to be polite about it. And Mark Strong. Sort of out of nowhere, I came up one day and he's like, I was listening to this song the other day and he plays this (laughs) Tina Turner song. I'm like, that's actually really good. (laughs) Like, that's definitely going to be in the film somewhere. And then, you know, I found a place for it. Oh, wow. The one song that uh, somebody suggested to me. (laughs) That's brilliant.
0: music on set as well when you're kind of prepping to shoot and stuff do you kind of create a I don't I don't
1: play it on set but then literally like I'll be showing the cast and and some of the crew the cut as we're shooting it you know because sometimes these scenes like these big scenes take four or five days like Mm. the big gala events you know the black and white ball is like you know four or five days I think shooting that so I'm throwing music in there and, and and cutting it as we go so there's sections of it cut so people see exactly sort of how it's coming together
0: was the script as punk rock as the film you made?
1: Uh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. It's funny. It was a, Dana Fox did a beautiful job of, of of really creating the skeleton of the script and the emotional journey. But for me, the tone of it is very specific to sort of what I do. And I was so lucky that we had Tony McNamara, who I'd just been working with at the time when they approached me, and he'd just done the favorite with Emma Stone. And I, I was like, well, he has to do. You know, a rewrite on this, and so all that 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 tone and that banter between the emmas and that energy, and then I just also just started adding in as much sort of a, of a, a, an aggressive sort of visual opportunity, which is a lot. You mm-hmm. know, all the pop up all the pop up stuff, and a lot of stuff that happens at the galas and the rats and the cake and the and the outfits, and just uh, and you know, I just wanted to we, we and I wanted to really lean into this sort of like Notting Hill, Squatter, Punk, King's Road vibe for Emma. And like, even with Nicholas katz with the way we shot it, it's like everything with Emma, Emma Stone, is on a 35 millimeter and more handheld and kind of a gritty film. You would put a film layer on it. And with Emma Thompson, mm-hmm. we shot 70 millimeter cameras, much more rigid, you know? So there's wow. a real, like, different style going on between the two of them.
0: That's amazing. That's so clever, just in terms of, for for most film fans, they wouldn't really kind of recognize the subtlety in that, but but now that you you see it, you can kind of feel that kind of that real the, the graininess almost of you know yeah, of Emma's kind of, character it, and that kind of really coming through.
1: Anytime we're on Emma Thompson Thompson's turf, it's a seventy millimeter camera, which is a much bigger chip, and so you get so much more of a lush detail. And even the lenses for that on a wide lens, it doesn't bow at all. So you have all these very straight lines. It's very formal and just works for her.
0: You can tell how important music is to you and what it does for, you know, for narrative, for character. It's a character in a film, you know. Oh. But with this, was it a case of having a kind of um a gift voucher for the biggest uh music supermarket in the world, like anything.
1: anything goes? I never knew if they were going to hold true on the gift voucher. <laughs> I just asked for forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Like, because uh, there isn't a music supervisor, I think, in the world that's going to give you those songs as a suggestion the studio would fire them.
0: <laughs> Try and everything. Yeah. See so yeah, like, how far you can
1: yeah. go. It's like I had Beatles on my like on my, on my repertoire to pull from. And like, it's you can't use the Beatles in movies. It's <laughs> the most expensive. Surprisingly, the most expensive thing, and it was the one thing we got we got the line drawn was uh, Led Zeppelin.
0: Really? Yeah. Man, I love uh, one of my favorite ones is um uh, the Wizard of Black Sabbath, and you only use a kind of like yeah, almost like a breath of it into sympathy um, and yeah. the devil. It's such a great, it's so clever that even that it's like it's like being a really good night out with a great DJ.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I know it was wild to, and I, I was surprised that we didn't. They were amazingly supportive that way because I'm surprised that you know if it's just twenty seconds of that. They're not like really. Can't you just score it? <laughs> Not spend the money. But they're incredibly supportive. It's funny too, when I, just, I pull- on, a, on a side note there, because you're talking about the music, it, it's like when I shot list the movie, I kind of do it in a, like a dance, like the way that the camera moves. And I'm like, I, so, I, so I sort of, I'm designing it around the music. Like I'm like, all right, let's have like a, like a real momentum here with the camera and then we can come in and then we'll settle into this scene and we can stop for a while. And then it, so everything has its own rhythm to it. And then, you know, in, in terms of the whole style of the film.
0: And then there's that very short, short moment as well where Emma sings Nancy Sinatra. <laughs> that because was on the of day. kind of
1: a, uh, was it? Yeah, she's you know, she's in the elevator drinking. So and we do the first four takes and she's I knew I was gonna have music there. And so mm-hmm. she came out dancing, you know, through that section. And then and then on the fifth take, I went into the elevator there and I said, I, f- I feel like you should be singing something. And she's like, Sure, what do you want to <laughs> sing? And I went to my phone, I'm like, how about Nancy Sinatra? <laughs> she's like play it and i play it she's like okay and we shot one take one take <laughs> she nailed it wow that was part of the fun of the it was a lot of it was very spontaneous like you know we were just like which i like when you're moving quickly it's like try this yeah. try this great moving on you know and you don't you don't just sort of like psychoanalyze it or second guess it you just uh you know, there's so much uh, of layering of like improv in there as well, constantly, all the time.
0: That was something I wanted to ask you about because there there feels like this wonderful fluidity and and real naturalness with with a lot of the conversations that are going on between the characters, and particularly that kind of double header of you know of Thompson and Stone. And, and I wanted to uh, to uh, that would be a great like detective double act, wouldn't it? <laughs> so, those, those guys
1: be- they're not quite I mean yes it, Tony's writing is so specific there with the Emmas and there is so much to the subtext to what they're talking about that a lot of those conversations were pretty verbatim but like you know except for when she'd be like you know don't thank me okay thank you no thank you thank you thank you like there's a lot of <laughs> just a back and forth they can really run with that but when it was Emma Stone and and Paul Waterhausen and Joel Fry. Mm. the the amounts of extra words squeezed into those scenes you know there's that birthday scene and on the morning I said I I just walked out and I said hey put Judy on the cake and let's have it be stolen and it's which wasn't scripted you know and and then this whole thing went with like who's Judy don't worry about she might be hungry you know (laughs) all that stuff is just them squeezing in these lines they just and they all riff off of each other
0: it's great to watch. It really, it is. It, it, you really feel the kind of um, the kind of warmth of that 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 relationship with with this character. What I think is fantastic as well is we have this character that we've you know that we've grown up, a villain that we've grown up thinking that we we know. And I love that she's been given a, a an origin story story so so to speak. But it feels so refreshing. Feels like something we've never seen before. Particularly, I think with Disney in terms of. You know, these two women, different kind of generations in their lives, working women. It's really interesting. And I absolutely love that part of it, that side of it.
1: I know it's and this is I mean, I love Disney films. But the funny thing is, when they came to me after I, Tanya, and and, uh, asked me to do this and said they really wanted to lean into sort of the punk version of it, I was like, okay, Mm. (laughs) all right. (laughs) So every production head that came in, I, I would be like, we're not making a Disney film take those parameters off we're making just this coming of age story of this young woman in 1970s London and it sort of I think it really you know it's like Fiona Crombie was who's our production designer is amazing and she'd come off the favorite and Nicholas Katanas who I did I with came along and it's like you know and Jenny's her credits are absolutely you know insane Jenny Batman but you know it's like what I was really attracted to was Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> So it's like, <laughs> yeah. this is not quite the combination that you would think of for a disney movie but it I've works so so it. well yeah
0: it really really does it's kind of she's just yeah she's she's kind of i don't think of her as a villain anymore <laughs> I mean, i'm gonna have to go and rewatch, you know i'm gonna watch <laughs> 101 dalmatians with different eyes now after this for sure i i, I have to encourage people as well to to make sure because the film's almost got like sort of three endings to it which i i love and K. Van Novak, who I adore, I just think he's fantastic. There's a really lovely kind of nod to that, you know, that, um, to the original film with him um, at the end, which I just thought was a lovely, lovely little moment as well.
1: Yeah, he's, he's so amazing. It's such a joy to work with him. And it's like we're certainly layering him in, hopefully for a sequel, but any time he's on screen, he finds something to make a moment out of in the in the in the mm-hmm. most unobtrusive way you know it's just uh <laughs> i literally cracked up just last night it's like you know where it's like he comes in and he trips and 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 she says he plays the piano and emma <sighs> says, says piano is nice and he kind of just grunts <laughs> it's, like, it's sort of the most unusual reaction uh yeah. and it just cracks me out
0: <laughs> did you say sequel craig
1: <laughs> who knows hopefully hopefully if people oh. like it and- oh you know, it's like I'd I, love that. you know, it's like I feel like Krell has barely been born in this one. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'd love to see it, what he does now. Would
0: um, would you say it's fair that the kind of music that a, a lot of the music anyway that, that's in there, the needle drops so to speak, are almost kind of like if she had a. You know if she had a, a, a smartphone or an mp3 player she'd that would be kind of like a playlist that she has uh
1: yeah to, it, to a point but i don't i i never think of it that way it's like i'm always thinking of what's yeah. going to elevate emotionally the scene and sometimes like we have the the you know Harris and jasper breaking in to in a scene and it's against dar's days perhaps perhaps <laughs> it's not what you would expect yeah <laughs> some really fun stuff with the Baroness with like you know I get ideas and like so we jump all over the place and we I don't I don't put like per, other than it not being past the, the date of when the movie is supposed to be set anytime mm-hmm. decades before that it's sort of open
0: when we see that kind of performance towards the end as well I, I, I kind of for a split second I thought it was um I thought it was Emma uh Cruella up there singing sort of thing for a split second. I was like, oh, yes! <laughs> not that, you know, the performance is not great of, of the Stooges' track, because it's 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 that kind of, you know, the idea of the silhouettes of, of it's so clever, it's so great, because it draws you right into that scene as well. And you're kind of looking for her. And I was expecting oh, yeah, her to come yeah. out with a microphone and give it big licks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, she's, uh, she's camouflaged at that point. She's well, uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> she's well hidden well hidden and listen Craig it's a real treat to get to chat to you and huge congratulations on the film I'm I'm such a fan and also I'm very excited to see Pam and Tommy as well where that goes I can't wait to watch that but um huge congratulations on Cruella it's a real treat to get to chat to you thank you
1: thank you so much Lovely to chat to you Aiden
0: soundtrack to Cruella that's I want to be your dog performed by John McCrae, concluding the first part of soundtracking with director Craig Gillespie first time that I ever got the chance to chat to him and I loved him I hope it can be the first of many episodes that I get to do with Craig next it is the turn of one of my favourites I love chatting to this girl Emma Stone who sparkles not just in life but in this title role often quite literally given the remarkable outfits that she gets to wear in the film. Now before we hear from Emma let's treat ourselves to a bit more of Nicholas's score with a cue called The Most Dreadful Accident. From soundtracking. Hi, Edith. Hi. I'm so excited to see you. <laughs> oh, how so are crazy. you doing? How have you been? Uh, yeah, all right, you know. What about yourself?
2: I mean, what's it like to not have people in studio anymore and to be like doing it this way?
0: Yeah, but st- we still get to do it, though. That's the great thing, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of. Yeah, I know. Better to be doing it than not. You look. I know. Great. But it's fun
2: to come see you in person. I love. I love coming to see you. <laughs>
0: I think the last time we, um, I saw you was with Ryan, I think, when he had a yeah. really bad call, when he was slightly inebriated by Night Nurse. Do you yeah. remember? <laughs> it
2: was Day Nurse. <laughs> I gave it to him. He had never heard of it before, and I was like, this is the best shit on the planet. And he was like, okay. And then he was like, whoa. <laughs> the flying high.
0: I saw the film yesterday. I loved it. Oh, man. It's like, I felt like i had been at a concert. There's so much great music in it. It's kind of got this punk vibe to it. Mm. Oh, it's great. Oh Loved yeah, it. I mean the music is like that's a fun.
2: Yeah the, yeah, the music is incredible.
0: But you knew when we did that chat. Had did you know you were doing it back then? Then yeah, yeah. That's like, wow.
2: I, I was. I first met with Disney the summer of 2015 before we had even shot Lala La La and we were in rehearsals for Lala La Land. Wow. It's been a long, long time.
0: <laughs> yeah what what was the why did you want to do it to start with the project presented to you why did you go yeah I want to do it yeah well it hadn't been
2: written yet it was just obviously an idea and there were many different incarnations of the script with with lots of different writers but um the original idea just of the character of Cruella de Vil and like finding a a backstory for her and uh, sort of maybe reimagining her in some way we didn't know that it was gonna be the 70s back then we just thought you know, if there is a window into Cruella, if there's a a story to tell there, it would be fun to explore and just see. And then when when Craig Gillespie and Tony McNamara came on board, it just kind of exploded open. And that was, you know, yeah.
0: (laughs) Because with with obviously that history with with Tony with the favorite in terms of how he told that and just the kind of a very different way of telling the story, such a, a brave and brilliant and colorful and funny way of telling that story. And it feels like he's absolutely sprinkled that magic dust on this as well.
2: Yeah. He's so, so great. I love Tony so much. And he
0: he really did make
2: it very cohesive because there were lots of different kind of versions and there were interesting things that stayed in from all these different versions, but he found a way to just like tie it all together and the dialogue is very Tony and yeah.
0: Yeah. I just had a lovely chat with Craig actually. He was saying that there was, he, he really loved kind of giving you guys like you and 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 Joel and Paul the kind of freedom to have a bit of with kind of riffing off each other a bit. Is yeah. that fun to do? Well, that you know that um,
2: the what's the angle thing that Paul does throughout the whole movie? Is completely <laughs> improv from Paul. He just, no, like, yeah, doing it. It's, he's so funny. <laughs> Paul is so funny. Um, so he really improvised a lot, which was great. Yeah,
0: I I yeah. could have seen almost it being like Cruella the musical in a way. I don't know, did you know there was going to be so much music in it, both in terms of the great choices that have been made, but also Nicholas Patel's fantastic score?
2: Amazing score. Nicholas Patel, Mm -hmm. we were so lucky Mm -hmm. that he scored the movie. there was going to be a lot of music because that was one of the, fir- the first time I met Craig he went I picture a needle drop here and then right here and then over <laughs> here and it's going to be this song here and this one goes here like, he already knew what he what He had plotted it out and it was amazing and he said do you want me to send you some of the songs I'm thinking for the movie I was like sure he's like you know just some of the songs that I'm inspired by sure you know I'm thinking he was going to send me like eight songs he sent me like six hours of music like a no long playlist, and it was so cool. I mean, one of the things I really love that he did too is it's not just music of the era. There's like "Smile" that your heart is breaking, and the fire seed. There's there's Don't old stay. stuff, and it's really cool what he what he did. But that is you know huge for him. You see in Itania too what he did in Itania. He added so much music into that movie, and it really helps it kind of fly yeah. along. So I, I love that he did that here.
0: It's really funny. It's almost, I feel like she's almost a bit like Doris Day meets Vivian Westwood, in a way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> well, the Doris Day part, <laughs> I, I went, um, Yeah. Also, I don't see her as a villain now. I've completely changed my opinion of her. Really? Why do you think that later on she wants to steal those puppies? Well, it obviously goes back to the fact, I mean, not to spoil anything for anyone who hasn't yeah. seen the film, but yeah. those. The puppies came from those dogs that killed her mom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's almost kind of taken her revenge on the source of her original pain. <laughs> yeah. You are you are so good at this. <laughs> you
2: got it. You have the psychology down, Science. It's, yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's interesting and like it, and it does make me question I mean not to spoil anything but it does make me question like does she really want to hurt those dogs? what exactly is she really doing you know <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm gonna go back and pick apart 100 exactly. pick apart all just of these just, little just, traits.
2: Just, in the original, just room. to
0: make sure. <laughs> I <laughs> totally, but I also love the little nod at the end with obviously Kevan's character, Kevan Novak, with the the original Cruella song as well. Isn't he um, so funny? I mean, in the movie too. Oh, he's. I love him so much. He's so he's, he's such a funny. I get terrified whenever I have to interview him because. he's so unpredictable I never quite know kind of what where his what energy level he's going to be at I love him but I get slightly terrified and intimidated by him because he's so funny and and quick and smart
2: I know he's so incredible he really is so
0: (laughs) there's a line
2: that made me laugh every time that they cut where she goes shoot Roger's shoes and he comes over and he goes yes I'm wearing them and she's like, mine, And he needs to put him on her feet. But it's so funny. and they But they ended up cutting it. I don't know why. Probably because <laughs> it just, you know, there was no time for just to say, yes, I'm wearing them. I, uh, hopefully right. that'll be in the
0: director's cut or the yeah. director's extended cut exactly. at some point as well. Exactly. Um, listen, I was listening back to, um, to La La Land soundtrack the other day as well. I can't believe that's five years since that film came out. It's crazy. Such a beautiful, beautiful score to... I mean, I high kick my way into the day by, you know, <laughs> um, another day of sun every day. If if I could start every day with that song, I would. Um, what do you think of? What's the first thing that pops into your mind when you think about that film and that experience?
2: Oh, it was that was so special. That was such a like a life moment in time. That feels very. Um, I feel like I lucked out with that one. Those people <laughs> and that. That whole circumstance learning to tap dance and getting to like sing and dance and have that kind of meeting Linus and Damien. And it's just, I don't know, it was so special. It kind of is one of those projects that you know you only get once in a lifetime. So I try not to be too like disappointed that nothing else is bad because <laughs> it was just like this little, it's like a snow globe, you know, of this beautiful experience. <laughs> Because the movie itself feels like a snow globe, you know. It's like a the color and the, the sort of like heightened nature of it. It's so it's just so romantic and special, and it, it lives that way in my mind.
0: I felt slightly relieved um, w- watching Cruella yesterday that I got to what I watch it at, at home on a on a, a, a link so that I could pause every with for all the outfits because I was kind of like. Oh! Look at the he- how is she able to walk in those heels they're like needles oh my god it's amazing the
2: costumes are insane
0: jenny bevan is a genius
2: so amazing and I, I mean, it was because so much i mean i don't know how she did it all because it was 40 something changes for me it was like 33 for emma then she designed entire fashion shows for these women to have designed i mean she was i i don't know how she was functioning through all of that (laughs) and so so I mean at such a high level those costumes are so gorgeous and those moments are that are crazy that I hope you're pausing on the past present future thing with Cruella off of the motorcycle with the future and then the garbage truck and then the giant skirt Mm -hmm. around the car those are on screen for like five seconds and those took months and months and months to make and there's so many details on them and just the train alone for the garbage truck dress took 10 people to put on me. And then they were, like, flapping it in the back as the garbage truck goes by. And you're like, this is in the movie for 15 seconds, I think. Total. <laughs> Crazy.
0: Oh, man. Well, listen, Craig tells me there's a sequel, which is great to hear. He's, and uh, uh, <laughs> <said that>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you Yeah. He should tell me that. Um, yeah. um, listen, we've run out of time, but uh, I look forward to getting to see you in person at some point soon. But it's, it's a, a total joy to watch you in this film. And lovely to see you today. So much, it's so nice to see you. Take care, stay safe. From Nicholas Bertel Score to Cruella, that's the Baroness who needs looks. Rounding off this latest episode of Soundtracking with Craig Gillespie and Emma Stone. My huge thanks to both Craig and Emma for taking the time to talk to us. Cruella is on general release now, as well as being available on Disney Plus. So do get along if you can. I highly recommend it to your local cinema if you feel safe. It is a proper feast for both the eyes and the ears. A fantastic film to see. On the big screen. We'll put up a Spotify playlist for the show via edithbowman.com where you can also listen to every single episode of the podcast, including all three of my conversations with the delightful Nicholas Brutel. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Soundtracking UK. And head to YouTube to find a regular show I put together as a wee companion piece to this podcast. Now we have quite a few exciting guests coming up over the next few weeks. We are going to be talking A Quiet Place Part 2. We are also... Going to be talking Loki with none other than Tom Hiddleston, who's going to be a guest on the show. But next week, now I recorded this conversation almost a year ago. Well, maybe not quite. Maybe more about eight months ago, and for a fantastic film which was recognised quite rightly across many award shows, and it is finally getting a theatrical release as well as a streaming option for those of you who don't quite feel safe and ready to enter cinema the award-winning The Father, starring, of course, Sir Anthony Hopkins, Academy Award-winning, BAFTA-winning Sir Anthony Hopkins, and award-winning Olivia Colman. It is written and directed by Florian Zeller, and Florian Zeller is our guest on next week's show. I very much look forward to the pleasure of your company then.